why lawyers use evidence in court. They show photos. <laughs> once you see the images of the crimes, it can really change your impression. Welcome back to Petty Crimes, the only true crime comedy podcast that exclusively investigates non-crimes. I'm Griff. And I am Ryan Gosling. Ooh, Ryan, you look good today. Thank Something's you. Something's different about you. Oh, I'm growing my hair out. The Barbie movie you're filming's really influenced things. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> do blondes have more fun? I know, I do. Oh, Kira, this is actually Kira I'm sitting with in case anyone thought it was actually Ryan. <laughs> yeah, just in case. Just in case. Girl, what's new with you? Um, Not too much is going on. Um, I'm like in pre-production for a little short film thing that I can't talk about yet, but I'll be excited to talk about soon. Yay, what about you, Griff? Exciting. I'm just trying to stay cool in LA. Yeah. Just like my weeks are normal, um, except that it's now consistently 90 degrees every day. Yeah. Which is nice for the beach, but tough when you have a very old apartment with no air conditioning. Do you have window units? We do, and we're trying to get it fixed, but Getting oh, it fixed is no. eventful in Los Angeles. If uh, it ever gets brutal, just come sleep on my couch. I know. You have central air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was part of the like value prop of potentially watching your cats one day. Yeah. Yeah. And I've definitely taken note of that. The last time I was over, I was like, it's very comfortable in here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sneezing a lot from the kitties, but it's very comfortable. <laughs> yeah. uh, Griff, you're presenting today. I am presenting our case. This one is fun. Okay. Um, it's... Fairly low stakes, but I guess you'll be the judge of that. Mm -hmm. It's throwing us back to the office place, which we haven't done since murder memes. Okay, yeah. Um, That was one of our first episodes. I think we we sourced that from some people in our lives. Mm -hmm. So it'll be nice to, I think, get back to the office. Um, Yeah. A lot of our listeners, I think, work (laughs) in an office. I have strong feelings about working in an office. I was hoping you would. Period. I was hoping you would. (laughs) Yeah. This will be a good – it'll ruffle up some – Memories from my time in office. I obviously don't work in one anymore, (laughs) but should we uh, dive in? Let's go. Perfect. My updates I have on my notes. It's it's so hot. That's it. (laughs) All right. This crime was submitted. And again, we've changed all the names, although she did email and say that it was okay to use her name. But not. But we don't anyway. Not today. So we're going to call our uh, submitter, the protagonist, Brooke. 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 And then there's... One other person involved. Okay. I'm going to hold on giving the actual name that I've given them because it's part of the story. Mm. I don't want to spoil anything. So <laughs> we'll we'll run with Brooke right now. She submitted this to us. It occurred across two years. We're running with Brooke. We're running with Brooke. <laughs> Brooke's my mom's name, and I was just missing her, so I decided to use Brooke. That's cute. I, I just miss I my mommy. I guess I didn't know your mom's name is Brooke. It's that's beautiful. Yeah, her it's Elizabeth Brooke, and she goes by her middle name. And I, just so that the listeners know. And Russell Griffith, mm-hmm. and I go by my middle name, which is Griff, with two Fs, by the way. Yeah, that's a little fun fact, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this crime occurred over two years, so 2018 to 2020. Okay. The epic year of 2020. You'll mm-hmm. see why it ended in 2020. It occurred, like I said at the top, at the office. So let's put our pressed shirts on and pretend like we're in the office. Yeah, let's put on <clears> some <throat> ill-fitting trousers and unbutton them at our desks after lunch. Oh, my God. Corporate culture is so funny. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot that I miss and there's a lot that I don't, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. All right. Hi, Petty Crimes. I would like to submit to you a crime that I potentially committed over the course of two years. Ooh, self-submission. Right, right. We, we love those. The ones that are, uh, they have enough like 
morale or I guess uh, moral compass to submit themselves, but you'll see that they they don't necessarily like prosecute themselves, <laughs> okay, which okay. is what our job is. Yeah. So this is the perfect email. So yep, she's submitting herself. 2018, 2020. It happened when I started what I will call my first proper job at an office. Mm-hmm. The office was open plan with many different teams sharing one communal kitchenette, Mm -hmm. not kitchen, kitchenette, the scene of all office dramas, really. Yeah. Now, at the time, I was quite broke, so I always brought in some leftovers to eat. I'd wake up at 6 a.m., shove some leftovers into a Tupperware, and try to quietly leave my house without waking anyone up. Mm -hmm. Well, 6, why are you leaving so early? (sighs) I mean, maybe a commute. Yeah. Maybe she's really loud and putting the the leftovers in a Tupperware. She has, she has to go a little she has slower. She goes so, oh, it takes her two hours to do it as yeah. well. I was going to say like six, eight, maybe she, I mean, I had to be in the office, I guess, whatever. We didn't have a specific time as long as we like did the work, which yeah. was really nice. But basically just imagine Brooke is like trash in the camp from Tarzan in the kitchen. Like, it's 6 a.m. Brooke. Anyway, this probably has nothing to even do with the crime. Ooh, kind of. We'll see. She continues. I'd get to the office, put my Tupperware into the communal fridge, and go to work. Work, bitch. Work, bitch. Work, bitch. <laughs> work, Brooke. <laughs> the kitchen was already really busy around lunchtime. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. And I only had half an hour away from work to eat my lunch. Half an hour is pretty quick. Yeah, this job sounds shitty, yeah. but anyway. So be here at 6.30. And, <laughs> and you get a half an hour for lunch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Brooke. Oftentimes, I would go get my lunch and then realize, ugh, I've forgotten a fork to eat my lunch with. Shouldn't be a problem. There should be a drawer full of silver forks, I would imagine. This is an office. Kira, you're so good. She shouldn't need to bring a fork. (laughs) What kind of office is this? Getting her at six, take a half an hour for lunch, no forks. (laughs) This is perfect. I hate this job. (laughs) She writes, criminal or minimal, eating leftover pasta with one's hands. (gasps) Criminal. (laughs) She agrees that it's criminal. (laughs) She's like minimal. I uh, just spooned it into my face. No, she didn't. No, no. She votes criminal on that as well. So so she ate pasta with her hands at the office? No, she she knew that it would be criminal to do that. And so she (laughs) needed a fork. So I would borrow a fork from the communal cutlery drawer, use it to eat my leftovers, wash it, and then return it to the drawer afterwards. Um, yeah, maybe. Or maybe because the fork is wet, you're supposed to put it in that like little thing that your office has next to the... Oh, like the drain? Yeah, it's like that thing that you have when you don't have a dishwasher to dry dry things. Oh, a dish rack? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We do- we also don't have a dishwasher at home. <laughs> I live in a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we also have a dish rack. So yeah, you should hey, put it back in the Griff, drawer. Hey, let's wet. be fair. Yeah. We both live in shitholes. Oh, Mine just happens fair. to have air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, but it makes yours no is just mistake. a little less shitty. Actually, I like your apartment, and you have a balcony. You Anyhow. have a nice apartment too. And location, location, location. True, I'm in the heart of WeHo. It's true. Also, sorry, I keep trying to anticipate the crime. I'm getting so excited. <laughs> You're doing a good job, but all of these like emotions that it's invoking in you uh-huh. will be super helpful when we when we roast her. Okay, good. I'm or, just like foreplaying myself. Yeah. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> she continues. Except sometimes I would forget to put the fork back. Sometimes when I unpacked my bag and my Tupperware at home, there would be a stolen fork. Yeah. Now, why didn't I just return the cutlery the next day or the next week if it was a Friday? Free forks. To be honest, I just forgot about it. And the cutlery would go into my dishwasher and enter the regular cutlery rotation at home. 
Also, frankly, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I don't either. (laughs) To be honest, I don't care. I always kind of intended to bring it back. But then someone in the office noticed the depleting supply of forks and they started leaving passive aggressive notes. Oh, God. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. Order more forks. Shut up. Oh, my God. I hate work. (laughs) I hate work. They would emphasize that the office cutlery could only be used for business purposes. What the hell does that mean? Business purposes? That's right. They didn't write, please stop stealing the forks. But instead they wrote, company cutlery can only be used for business purposes. What does that mean? (laughs) I'm feeling like this may be you. What business purpose would be aided by a fork, one might ask? I do not know, she says. Now, it rubbed me the wrong way and made me feel like maybe accidentally stealing cutlery isn't so wrong compared to leaving passive-aggressive notes. A few days after the first note, the next note from the cutlery police said that there would now be a check-out and check-in policy for all cutlery. No. No. Mm -hmm. No. Crazy. Crazy. Now, this was too far for me. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. When Kira starts writing things down, (laughs) she has thoughts. It's true. (laughs) She clicks her pen and starts to scribbling. I'm pissed off. I really don't (laughs) like this fork shit. I'm really mad. (laughs) Now, this was too far for me, and I just started to bring sandwiches after that. Yeah. Or BYOF, I guess. BYOF, yeah, exactly. But now I couldn't return all the cutlery without the cutlery monitor knowing that I was the thief. I didn't know what to do. Then March of 2020 rolled around, and we were all sent home, and I have never stepped foot in an office. Since. Problem solved. Wow. So, and I will say there's a part two to this before I close this part out. No way. But we'll we'll take a second to just get our thoughts and then I'll provide a little more context for what happened after. So, she writes, am I guilty of a petty crime for stealing company cutlery or is the cutlery police guilty of being overly protective of communal office cutlery and for writing petty ass notes, creating a tracing system for said cutlery? Okay. Now, across that, there was some there was some emotion coming off of you. Yeah. I want to take this time for you to just express yourself. What I, are your initial thoughts? I hate work. I hate the <laughs> office. I hate all this shit. <laughs> I've worked in an office for so long. I've worked in so many offices. They've all been so bad. Like, yeah. I yeah. I worked at an office. Uh, my office was in the old stacks of the Harvard Medical School Library. And because it's beneficial for books to be cold when they're in the stacks for (gasps) preservation purposes, there was no heat. And it was always so cold in the office. And all the walls were concrete because it was supposed to be a place for books. But instead, it was a place for me. (laughs) And it was so depressing. And we would have these lunch and learns where you were mandatory to attend, but there was no lunch provided. Honestly, that job was nice. And I liked the people that I work with, Mm -hmm. but I did not like working in the stacks. We, oh my God, I was going to say, the stacks reminds me of a library. You were working in a section of a library. I was working in the upstairs of the Harvard Medical School Library where they had converted the stacks (laughs) into an office. That's so interesting. That's quirky. I worked there for five years. (laughs) Five years, Kira? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I love the people that I work with. I can't emphasize that enough, but I didn't like working in in a placement for books. Yeah. Uh, Humans maybe shouldn't exist where, or work in the space where books are meant to live. Yeah. Although a few of our librarian listeners will be like, fuck you. I love my job. <laughs> now, my first, I oh, was yeah, going li- to ask Librarians you, are amazing. That's an interesting first job. I think anyone's first office job. Oh, is, I, I had an office job before that. Oh, you did? Yeah. What was, can you talk, can you talk about uh-huh. it? Uh-huh. I found 
a PR firm job on Craigslist mm-hmm. and it was working for a husband wife team where the wife was pregnant. So she was going to, it was just the two of them. And I went to their house and I worked at the kitchen counter and I didn't have a car and it was 12 miles away. So yep. I rode my bike every day and I stopped at the grocery store and I wiped off my sweat and I changed my clothes and then I'd bike the extra mile to their house and they'd be like, are you sure it's not too far of a bike ride? And I'd go, oh no, it's no big deal. I love riding my bike. Oh my gosh. What was this in Boston as well? It was in Dedham. Dedham. Wait, Kara, we had very similar first office experiences. Oh, no. What was your job? I also worked at that counter. (laughs) Mine was, I found it on, there was this like college website that had the like fall through jobs that no one had recruited for. Literally that. Yeah. It was Eagle Link. I just didn't want to say Boston College because I'm our listeners are probably like, shut the fuck up, Griff. No, they're not. They're playing the game. Nine <laughs> they're shots. gonna go to BC football games this fall and just really <laughs> really represent me. But no, I found it on Eagle Link, which had a kind of a plethora of oddball jobs. Yes. But I just I didn't know what I wanted to do after graduating. And a lot of my friends had recruited in the fall and had jobs going into spring semester of their their senior year. I did not. So I found this after graduating on that website. It was an advertising marketing job. It turned out actually that it was a job for Condé Nast um, and specifically for Vogue magazine, Condé Nast Traveler and Architectural Digest. And so we would manage the advertisement placements in those books across New England. So it was really cool. And like you said, my coworker, because there were only two of us and then our boss, I loved my coworker, but it was in what was the town called? Wellesley, Mass. Mm. And so I had to take the T all the way to the end of the green line, get on a shuttle bus that if you didn't make, wouldn't come for another an hour and a half. So you'd have to walk five miles. And so maybe I understand why Brooke got up at six. Maybe she has a hefty commute because I would have to get up much earlier than I needed to, Mm -hmm. especially if I had a car, just to make sure that fucking shuttle bus was there when I got there. And then I'd go to the office. It was above a Dunkin' Donuts. In a tiny little like Vogue, it's the <laughs> yeah, outcroppings right. of Vogue. Right, it was a satellite office. Their offices in New York are the literal opposite. So beautiful, but we were working in literally a shoebox. It had no window, except in my boss's office. And my boss, uh, I think sh- she was going through things, but she was not a good boss. So Oof. it was really tough first job experience. But small I, teams can be crazy. Well, right, because when you have, somebody is not great, exactly. Because if you have a team of four and one of them, twenty five percent of your team is not great, that's a lot of not greatness to be around. <laughs> and especially if that person's your boss, and it's my first job, so I just wanted to do a good job and listen and learn, and it just was not a healthy emotional environment. So all this to say, we have low tolerance yeah. for fork police. Yep. But I will say we didn't have a communal kitchen or kitchenette. We brought our lunch. We uh, went to Whole Foods, whatever. Eventually, I moved into a bigger, better job that did have a shared communal kitchen space. So you would have no problem. You would expect a bigger office that you would work in to have cutlery for you to use. Yeah, my my offices have always had cutlery. Yeah. And you just, what's the process of you using them? I just sometimes take forks home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To be honest, not on purpose, but yeah. Uh, how that's a good point. How many forks, spoons, knives, whatever would you say that you took home across your time working there? Tops, six forks. Okay. But I also I know that there's like a certain amount of attrition that naturally happens. Yes. Yeah. And that you do just have to restock mm-hmm. kitchen items yep. that you wouldn't expect to. Totally. And she brings up a point when she emailed back and clarified, like. She was working for a really massive company. I'll just quote her here. 
The only defense I would like to provide is that we worked for a really massive company where CEOs earn millions while the majority of us are on minimum wage. <sighs> she said, I don't want you to think that I'm robbing some little family business of their forks. <laughs> oh, and she's not even being paid yeah. very well? Yeah. Take all the forks you want, bro. Right. And she did. So she did. <laughs> I was curious how many she might have stored away in her time working here. Oh, no. If it's less than <clears throat> six, then like I've committed a greater crime. How many is it? No, you're definitely innocent comparatively. How so, many forks? Over the course of two years, I think I probably stole about 25 forks <laughs> and 20 spoons. <laughs> so she says it wasn't a daily occurrence. But it wasn't that rare either. <laughs> and so, I mean, I did the very simple math. That averages out to around two pieces of cutlery every week. Because she had 45 pieces of cutlery at home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. I'm glad you crunched the numbers on that because that is very often. Yeah. I just thought that maybe a little bit of simple math and just further evidence will hopefully inform your your verdict at the end but it's worth saying she didn't just have like one or two forks from her kitchen right. at work she had 45 utensils at home yeah you know that dr seuss book that's like <laughs> what if everybody did and it's like what if everybody did this oh. and it's supposed to be about like pollution yeah. and stuff like that like what if everybody threw that that would then that would be a mess what if everybody did this we can't all do that so it's oh. like to say like whatever yeah. anyway you get it yeah totally it, this is like, not if yeah. one of her coworkers was also taking 45 spoons and forks. Well, I was thinking like, okay, what if everybody's taken like a fork I see. once or twice a year? Oh, yeah. And it's depleting the supply. Mm -hmm. But the, she's taking enough cutlery that it could just be her. Yeah. That's the issue. <laughs> oh, for sure. I, uh, I would be willing to bet that she's fully depleting it solo. <laughs> and I other people are at a much less correct great frequency. correct at a normal i think maybe what we do and maybe some of our <laughs> listeners do too i work at a restaurant currently the social club we've talked about and i for sure in my drawer at home have i've been there for a few months i have i think two forks from their business because i used it for lunch or dinner and i put it back in my bag and i forgot to take it out and and i'm sure that Forks occasionally accidentally getting thrown away in the kitchen. They've planned for this. They restock the forks and cutlery and stuff at an appropriate rate. Exactly. But again, I, that, that's two across uh, six months. That's not, you know, one every week. Brooke, um, Brooke, Brooke. Now, I did say that there is a part two to this. I think this might be a good time to uh, just Let's go. read it. <clears throat> she continues. So again, we left off 2020 hit. Like everyone, not in the office. Brooke She's, is at home, Brooke's stringing at home. together forks, <laughs> making some beautiful art to sell on Etsy. Oh my God, we should request that she sends us the fork so we can have it as like background for our videos. <laughs> she continues, I was hanging out with a work friend outside of work. Oh no. Reminiscing about all of the stupid office things that we missed, which is like really nice. I like that. And she turns to me and says, I mean, it, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you clearly hate offices. I mean, if I worked in between a library shelf, I definitely wouldn't have enjoyed it either. But yeah. she turns to me and says, oh, I miss printing off passive aggressive signs about appropriate milk usage, fridge etiquette, and cutlery thievery. <gasps> I had no idea it was my friend the entire time, she says. How could someone I'm friends with also be the petty cutlery police. I've since been to her wedding, 
and her kids' birthday <laughs> parties, and I just can't bring myself to tell her that I was the cutlery thief. Dot, dot, dot. I await your judgment. Wow. So I wanted to hold out on that just because I didn't want to uh, – I wanted to hear your, your raw thoughts before we realized that she had – which I will ask about. There's a third question in her ruling regarding coming out or not being okay. the cutlery thief. Her friend was the person writing the notes. Well, I'm specifically picking up on the friend's language. I miss writing passive aggressive <laughs> notes. So the friend was like, I hate this job yep. too. Or I, I'm putting a lot on them. But mm -hmm. like, she's like, it's so fun writing these passive. She knew they were passive aggressive. Yep. It wasn't somebody being earnest. She was like, this, I'm getting my my rocks off. No, totally. <laughs> totally. And I mean, I think in every work environment, the restaurant I work in, the offices I used to work in, there's always like one or two people that are a little bit more vocal or just like exemplify it more about not enjoying being at work. Mm. And so they find small things to channel that kind of self-therapy through Yeah. to, to like uh, grasp control over the situation that they don't have. Which in reality, it's like, if you don't like it, just quit. But that's easier said than done. You've got bills to pay. You've got families. And so, like, mm -hmm. if you're not enjoying the cadence of coming in all the time, writing passive-aggressive notes is just a little rush and, like, control back into your life in this, you know, nine-to-five kind of step and repeat. Yeah. Yeah. So I left the Boss Consulting Group when I moved to L.A. Some phenomenal office culture and company to work for. We had a... um like someone who kind of took care of catering and uh, maintained the kitchen for us. Her name was Debbie. She was iconic. She was like from Boston, had the thickest accent, and she ran a tight fucking ship in the office. <laughs> and so part of me is like, from the like the note writer's perspective, I don't know that I would have been like, hmm, there were 50 forks yesterday and now there are 48. I don't like, I don't have that kind of time because I was happy at work. But like Debbie would have definitely noticed that. And I think Debbie would have written those notes. Mm. So it's interesting that I was a friend and not someone maintaining the space, I suppose, who took care in that. But yeah, passive aggressive notes from the friend. And she never, she didn't have the courage to admit that it was her. Oh, she didn't even tell the friend? No, she, she hasn't. She should have told her. Yeah, yeah, well. Yeah. They're like reminiscing. They're like, do you want a snack? Oh, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's have, I have a cheesecake in the fridge. Yeah. She goes and opens the drawer and it's like spilling That's out with branded spoons. <laughs> That's exactly what I was picturing. And they just like look at each other and realize that they're each other's worst enemies. Mm -hmm. And then they kiss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're like, this brought us together. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was interesting. We've had a few cases where um, the universe presents the criminal or, you know, the protagonist or whomever with... An opportunity to cl to come clean. Yeah, this is a theme now. Yeah, and it just seems like, and again, I always say from the comfort of this plush green chair, that in those moments I'd be like, you know what, Kira, it was me who was stealing those forks. Yeah, I don't think that I would, based on the data we keep seeing across episodes. I wouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess one last question. Okay. She brought up a point in what she was writing that at a certain point she had too many forks where bringing it in to the office would be like, uh, she'd get caught red-handed. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that it would have been easy for you to like figure out how to return 40 pieces of cutlery going without getting caught? She made the point that the office is open concept mm -hmm. and it's a kitchenette. Oh, open concept. I forgot about that. So I'm picturing like, a, like two walls of the office are this kitchen or whatever. Yeah. I think... She, it 
would have been challenging for her <laughs> to return them all at once. Yeah. But that she could have brought them back, you know, packed a couple at a time every oh, day for a while. Yep. That's smart. Just like how she's stealing them. Right. Bring them back at, like in small increments. Yes. Oh, Kira, you're a mastermind. Yeah, that <laughs> makes total sense. Because I, why didn't I ever think of that? I was picturing and siding with her being like, yeah, if you brought like a bag of four. <laughs> 40, for sure. 40 forks. For sure. Someone's going to see it. And I definitely forgot about the open concept. I've never worked in an open concept Terrible. office. Terrible. You didn't either because you had stacks of books between you, you I, guys, right? I worked in another office that was open and I didn't like it. Okay. Yeah. So hard to watch TV on your phone. <laughs> yeah. So hard not to work when it's open. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. I Yeah. I was like, uh, she brought up a good point, but is it is that a good point? Mm. You, yeah. I think over time, like two a day. She could have made it happen. She just didn't. Totally. And I love her for it. And honestly, like, she has a full drawer of forks now. And I like a full drawer of forks. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's all she wrote. I will say she wrote a PS when she uh, emailed me back with some added context. She said, and this is another thing we've been seeing too. PS, because uh, I asked her for a picture, which I will for sure be posting to our Instagram. Of the forks? Of the forks. Um, we now have a highlight for evidence on our Instagram. Check that out. I'll add this to that. Actually, I'll show you since we're live right now. I brought it up. Take a look. It is so, so on the left, those are, that's her fork Those are the forks that she bought with her own money. (laughs) Wait, I'm showing Ben, our producer. (laughs) On the left, those are her forks. And on the right, those are the forks that she stole. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like triple the amount that she's acquired herself you know what seeing it with my eyes changes everything was, for me i brooke i don't believe you <laughs> you needed more forks you didn't have enough you stole them on purpose yeah and just you'll see when we post a photo but just while we're recording there are she has of her own <laughs> she lives with someone else too by the way yeah she said she had to keep quiet because people yep. were in the house she has four forks in total she has two spoons and four knives which is a nice ratio, but a very small ratio. And then you'll see on the other side, she definitely upped her count by working at wherever she worked. Anyway, when I asked her for this photo, because I was like, send us the evidence, please. People will enjoy this. It's so funny. She writes, P.S. <clears throat> My boyfriend saw me laying out all the cutlery to take this photo of, of and immediately asked if my friend, my work friend, had finally found out that I was the thief. He is reluctantly complicit in this crime. He has heard my friend rant about it, and he stayed quiet on my behalf. Wow. Another case in which the significant other Are knows implicated. The, yep, knows how awful their signif- other significant <laughs> other is. And just, uh, but at the same time, if I was her SO, <laughs> A, it's not that big of a deal. It's just hilarious. These, and B, I'd be like, yeah. Kira, you gotta be a, you gotta be a big girl. Like, it's yours to admit. I'm not gonna pressure you into this because it is so small stakes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm ready. Excellent. Well, then let's tick through this. Do we think, and there's, I think, three parts to this, and add one if you, if I've overlooked something. Okay. A, do we think Brooke is guilty of stealing company cutlery? Just period, without the context, just stealing company cutlery. Um, yes, Brooke is guilty because of the sheer amount of cutlery. Yes. I was going to say no, Brooke. I was on your side, but it is, it's, it's, you're stealing a fork and a spoon every week. (laughs) (laughs) That's too many and you know it. Oh man. I, I I did ask for the picture, Brooke. I apologize for digging your hole deeper, but I thought that would be helpful. And clearly it swayed your verdict on that question. This is why lawyers use evidence in court. They show photos. (laughs) 
once you see the images of the crabs, it can really change your impression. <laughs> the jury is swayed. <laughs> All right. So guilty for stealing that. 45,000 before- forks. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Okay. B. Is Brooke's friend slash the cutlery police guilty for leaving petty kitchen notes as just a lateral co-worker? Brooke's friend is guilty. She's checking her notes, folks. Brooke's friend is not guilty Oh, for saying company cutlery can only be used for business purposes. Strange wording, but she's basically saying like, use your use the forks at work. Yeah. That note is a little weird, <laughs> but I, I say not guilty. Yeah. She's like, hey, reminder, toots, like use the forks here. Yeah. Like you're creating, you're, I keep, I'm ordering new forks like every month. Yeah, for sure. She is guilty for the check-in, check-out purpose. Yes, that is, as she said, and I like to say, too much. Yes. Yeah, too much. It's too much. And here's here's why. <laughs> so I've heard before, oh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Malcolm Glock, this whole thing. So people have wondered why Martha Stewart would do insider trading mm-hmm. for such a small amount of money. Because yes. it was oh. against the great heft of her wealth. It was, it was a really a small amount. Mm-hmm. And... There is this sociologist who said, you know, when a millionaire or a billionaire goes down to the end of their driveway to get their mail and they see a hundred dollar bill on the ground, don't you think they bend down and pick it up? Mm -hmm. They do. And they would. And that's basically what potentially Martha Stewart, you know, had a chance to do. She Mm -hmm. she got tipped off to scoop down and pick up a hundred dollar bill. So she did. Totally. This is the equivalent of that. Mm. You are this person's getting really caught up in this check in, check out situation. Let it go. Order more forks. You would have saved yourself some time. Yeah. It's too much. Absolutely. I agree. I, I think I, I agree completely with both of those rulings. The first two, it's like, if she's not the equivalent of who my Debbie was, if she's not like in, in charge as her job of making sure the kitchen's stocked, then A, the, the kitchen probably either has too few forks so that when they're being stolen by Brooke, uh-huh. they're going noticed, right? She's noticing that the, the fork inventory is depleting. So part of me is like, are there that few forks for... Brooke's friend to take note of. Mm. But part of me also knows that some people, like I said, just really focus on really niche things to just like float their boat. Absolutely. Um, so I agree with that. But yeah, the, the check in, check out, she's wasting her own time. Just, totally. just order more forks. I know for a fact they're like 10 cents each. I could, I cannot fathom going to a shared kitchen at work, at the restaurant, and like having to write down on a piece of paper one fork, comma, griff. And then eating, washing it, putting it on the drying rack or whatever, and then checking it or something by my name. That's the kind of thing also that's really bad for office culture. For sure. For sure. Nobody trusts me here. Yeah. that is, I mean, that's petty. Petty. That's petty. Yeah. That's like no trust and just, oh God. And she was doing it anonymously, right? So she's not even uh, risking some people being able to go up to her, the cutlery th- or the police and going... Why are you doing this? She's doing it anonymously. so And seemingly of her own accord. You, yeah, you said that. Like, she's not, she's doing it, like, as, like, a passion project. Wild. Wild. Okay, last question, and then let me know if I've lo- overlooked anything. Involves part B of the story. Is Brooke guilty of not confessing her crime when her friend exposes herself <laughs> as the petty note writer slash cutlery police? I say yes. Yes. Guilty. <laughs> yeah. Because, and Brooke, I would encourage you to tell your friend, I think you guys will laugh over it. Yeah. This is so harmless. I think you guys will have a good chuckle. 
Yeah. Tell your friend. It'll be so funny. I think so, too. We keep seeing, like, uh, crime committed, uh, realizing that they have someone in their life that hated that crime, going to their wedding and, like, not saying it. I think if I had some, say, you're getting married next year and we have some festering. Oh, God can only hope. Oh, God. Alex. (laughs) Alex. Bend the knee. <laughs> he's he's fine. He's good. Yeah, he's, he's... we love Alex. And <laughs> take your time. But if I was going to your wedding next year and I had some kind of like secret that's trivial and fun and petty that would yes comedic by nature, and maybe I was giving a speech or at some point I could kind of like confess to you or like the group. Yeah, I think it would be hilarious in my speech to be like to work that in and just watch live time your face realize. Uh, that were best friends, but also secret frenemies, you know? (laughs) I just think the next time you have a crime and you're going to that person's wedding and they were involved in the crime, spill it at the wedding. Confess. Come on. You've seen a movie. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. Guilty. Guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Brooke, tell her. Tell her. Tell her and then tell us. Because it's, your fork crime is is hilarious and you're you're nuts. I love you. This might be the best. Just, you might have to send this episode to your friend. Promote our podcast and clear your conscience. Every listen counts. <laughs> Free your conscience. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so Griff and I have a new podcast to tell you about. Mm. I'm a fan of the host already, Jake Brennan, because of his podcast, Disgraceland. Mm. And it's a book too, but it goes into some notorious rock and roll characters and like the crimes and murders they commit. It's It's very, very good. And now Jake has a new podcast called Badlands, which is out now. Yes. And I I actually just listened to Jake's episode on Army Hammer, who's been in the headlines the last few years. New documentary. Uh Uh-huh. That's coming out. And let me tell you, listening to his episode on him painted Army in a very different picture than what I had before. Uh, It provided some interesting background on who he is. I mean, I've always loved celebrity culture. So this podcast is perfect because it emphasizes that celebrity culture in Hollywood is not just glitz and glam. There's a lot of dark sides to it as well. So if you want to learn more about those secrets, tune into Badlands wherever you get your podcasts, or you can binge the entire new season out right now on Amazon Music. It's so good. Should we uh, get into a little criminal or minimal? Let's do it. That was fun. That was a really fun one. (laughs) All right. Did you want to start or shall I go? I've got a few that were submitted by listeners, which is great. Yeah, you go first. Sure. This one's super relevant to the crime that we just got to the bottom of, and it was submitted by Carly. Thanks, Carly. With an I. Ooh, Carly. Ooh. Taking up an entire shelf in your office communal fridge with a pizza box that only has one slice left over (laughs) in it. (laughs) Criminal or minimal? I hate work. (laughs) Criminal. Agreed. You're a murderer. You've killed before and you will murder again. You're crazy (laughs) for that shit. That's crazy. I I live with Mike, obviously my roommate. Our fridge is packed, so this makes sense. Like, try to condense as much as you can. Do you and Alex have kind of like a go-to system of just like, there absolutely won't be a pizza box with one piece of pizza in it? Uh, in a home in a home fridge, I'm kind of like, eh, that's fine. Yeah. It's just the office okay. part that I take issue yep. with. Fair enough, because like uh, coworkers or some of them are strangers. Like, it's just being respectful of shared space. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a what if everybody did. Yeah. What if everybody brought a whole pizza box with only one slice? The fridge, there would be no room. That would be an iconic way of getting back at the person leaving that box. Just like order 16 pizzas mm-hmm. and 
like take everything out but one slice in or, each box? Order one, yeah, order one pizza, 16 yeah. boxes. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Save on the food. And then just stack the fridge and maybe leave a note saying, good luck finding your slice. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're turning way more petty from doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Criminal or minimal? <laughs> Getting mad at someone in real life because they upset you in a dream that you had. Oh. <laughs> Criminal or minimal? Criminal. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because dreams aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> Next one? Yeah. <laughs> dreams aren't real. I'm trying to make mine real. Criminal or minimal? Writing a passive aggressive, not for dog poop note and leaving it on your outdoor city provided mm -hmm. trash bin. <sighs> That's a great one, too. Was that also submitted by a listener? It was. They're starting to pick up on like the shit we like, pun intended. They do. And then sometimes they also submit stuff that's like just something they don't like. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody submitted yep. criminal or minimal, cotton branches. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I think you just don't yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. We're happy. Yeah, that we're, one's iconic, but yeah. we're we're uh we're happy to help you with whatever you need, but we're not gonna say it on the pod. Um notes on a public trash can. I think it's technically not allowed to put dog poop in that for like the um, sanitation workers oh. actual work because I've had – it's weird because people will come out and be like, don't do that in my like can or whatever. And it's like, when are you ever like going back into your can to care this much about a uh, bag of dog poop? And so I think I've – and we'll have to look this up or like message us if I'm completely off mark. But I think it's just not like legal to put that in there because of – when it has to get dumped into the uh, so where garbage to, truck. where are you supposed to put your dog poop? Well, in the like little uh, doggy trash cans that are like on trees or like telephone poles that literally say like for dog waste. So either there or at your own house. Yeah, I guess. So I'm going to say criminal. So the note is minimal? Oh, sorry. Yes. The note is minimal. That's a really interesting one. I'm going to have to dive more into that later. But I think it's for sure minimal to write that note and criminal to – I actively don't put – Mike's dog Gobi's poop in someone's trash can. I will carry it for 10 extra minutes to avoid that. Wow. Yeah. Part of me is too, like when they go to dump that stuff into the garbage truck, like those bags could fall out. And then the sanitation worker, because it's not a big bag that those are designed for, it'll get shit all over, like literal Aww. shit all over their truck or it'll fall out and they have to pick it up. And um, sucks. Dogs just got to stop pooping. They have to. Oh, how can we fix that? One more? Yeah. Perfect. <clears throat> ASMR, criminal or minimal? And for those listening, because I didn't know what it stood for, autonomic sensory meridian response is a tingling sensation that some people experience when exposed to a particular type of auditory or visual stimuli, such as whispering, tapping, slow movements, or Griff's voice. ASMR is criminal for me, minimal for you. I think so too. And until next week, this I've has been Petty Crimes. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> 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 <laughs>